What's up, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of Zach Attacks. I'm going to talk about something that is a little bit different than what I would normally talk about on this podcast, but yet still semi-related. I would say that 2022 has been a huge year for me in terms of, like, self-discovery and kind of putting a lot of things that I've learned in the past to to work, you know? I feel like as a communications major um, from 2014 to 2018 at the University of Delaware, I took a lot of classes on the way that people thought, just the different ways that we develop patterns from our childhood and things like that and I've always been self-aware but I've never really been able to figure out how to put these things into into action how to actually like you know I'm aware of what the problems I've had were but I was never really able to figure out the healthy things to do to really be able to to stop self-sabotaging myself you know I like we are all our own worst enemies and I feel like you could really see this and you could really learn a lot about it uh from people who are famous we we see all kinds of different things all the time everybody's business gets out now and I think that there's a lot of trends that we see in celebrities that realistically we could learn a lot from like if we're really out here watching these people then I mean they're on display for us to learn from their own mistakes the same way that we learn from our own and kind of figure out how to make things better for ourselves they have money they've been able to become these acclaimed names but yet they still at the end of the day have not been able to deal with some of the common things that we deal with on a daily basis too. So I think that it's really interesting to see who's been able to find success, the different failures that people have come to, and you know, I'm gonna go ahead and kind of give my own analysis. I think this podcast could be semi-polarizing. I mean, and also it's all opinion-based. Like nothing I'm saying is 100% concrete. It's just like my own analysis of certain situations. If this podcast does well, I'll probably do some other ones like this. Um, I'm very interested in this, like thinking about the different mental states that different people are in and just like trying to understand why they make the decisions that they do, especially with some of these people that a lot of us look up to. Like sometimes it can be disappointing when somebody does something wrong or we can feel a lot of empathy towards the situation that they've got themselves in because we personally can relate. So I think that this is going to be fun. Before I jump in, I am drinking some beer from Twisted Irons located on Ruther Drive in Newark, Delaware. And that is, of course, always the sponsor for this podcast. I am drinking the I've got the Raspberry Blues Goes from Twisted Irons. So this beer is 4.3% ABV. It's tasty as fuck. Definitely one of my favorite sours that I've ever had. And the description on Untapped reads, This delightful fruity goose starts with a traditional sour German base that hints at a light citrus aroma and then combines both blueberry and raspberry puree to get a thirst-quenching flavor profile that is very sessionable. Smooth, easy to drink, and refreshing. So let's jump right into that. Ooh, I didn't get a good splashy splash on that one, but cheers anyway. All right, so let's jump right in with probably one of the biggest names right now that, you know, we're getting, we're seeing a lot of scrutiny for, and even with what happened, like, I'm kind of surprised that we're seeing all of the scrutiny towards this specific situation. And of course, it all goes back to the thing that I was saying earlier, us all being our own worst enemies and kind of the reasons why we make some of these decisions. Like, I don't think anybody's inherently bad. I think that we all have different things that we've been through that ultimately affect the way that we make decisions going forward and you know I'm talking about the situation with Will Smith at the Oscars now I used to watch the Oscars every single year I used to watch all the movies nominated for best picture um I didn't do that this year even though it could have been a pretty solid podcast because I'm just not that interested anymore and I see this event as being something that kind of got the Oscars the publicity that they needed that they haven't really been able to get the last couple years as everybody knows Chris Rock makes a joke about Jada Pinkett Smith's hair and 
Will Smith decided that this disrespected his wife to the degree where he was going to get up on the stage and slap Chris Rock. So I've heard a lot of people wonder if this event could have been staged or anything like that. And then people are like, why would Will Smith ever want this to be staged? I mean, I could answer that question. I mean, but we're going to jump into that a little bit more after I kind of go through my feelings towards why Will Smith decided to get up on stage and smack Chris Rock. So I've yet to actually read Will Smith's biography, but the gist that I've been getting just from hearing people who have read it talk about it is that Will Smith kind of grew up as very much of a people pleaser, like trying to entertain the family. And, you know, it was a lot of abuse. There was a lot of abuse going on and I feel like his mentality, it seems like, was like if he could make somebody laugh, then he wasn't going to be getting hit, was kind of the way that I remember it being described. And so when you take his current relationship that he has with Jada Pinkett Smith, and we think about Jada's relationship with Tupac, for example, um, I think that that's a huge role. Like, think about who Tupac is as a person, and then think about who Will Smith is as a person. Like, Will Smith's kind of the goofy actor, very charming, though, at the same time. And then Tupac's got that, Tupac literally has thug life tatted across his chest. But Tupac was also very much a poet, very much in tune with his emotions, too. There's even that note that's come out that Willow Smith wrote to Tupac, saying about how his mom, her mom really misses him, and and everything like that and I mean I just feel like that's got to be a lot for Will like feeling like he's not even enough in his relationship I mean of course we also had the whole entanglement thing happen over the last couple years with Jada Pinkett Smith and you know she's openly gone out and said that Will is not like a fulfilling lover so there's like all of these different things coming down on Will in this relationship and him really still not feeling like he's enough I know that there could definitely have also been at points at times in their open relationship that maybe Will Smith was somebody else as well but I mean I do ultimately feel like at the end of the day at least on Will Smith's part it seems like he would be willing to just have a relationship with Jada anyway so when we look at the situation with the Oscars like you know Will being the type of person that he is maybe maybe he felt like he had to like show his masculinity show his charge show the fact that he's there for Jada and that he's willing to put himself on the line and and be aggressive and be masculine or whatever his perception of that would be as this something that maybe is more in line with what she would want from somebody from like Pac like maybe Will Smith not thinking that he's enough for the relationship I mean if you look at the way that his kids have acted too like like I think Will's great but I think that a lot of the people around him are kind of taking advantage of him to a certain degree like they've never really had a lot of respect for him and like I could just kind of see with the way that his his public perception has been going that Will Smith would willingly make this decision to go up on stage and smack Chris Rock and show his um show his dominance in his relationship with Jada Smith but it's funny because we're seeing all of these people coming forward and supporting Johnny Depp and what he has going on. But I think I think that this situation is actually pretty similar to it. And you're not really seeing people look at Will Smith and be like, poor guy. Like, it really is like everybody coming at him for doing something. Because, you know, like I keep saying, we're all our own worst enemies. So the fact that he decided to make this decision has led to all of this backlash. Like, from the Oscars and, you know, fans and just people in general thinking that what Will Smith did was out of line I mean to to an extent it was out of line 
absolutely, but I also feel like if this was anything like what was going through his head, I I sort of understand where he was coming from, even if it's not good. Like I said, there's not really inherently bad people. We just do things based off of our past and trauma and everything. So, you know, kind of going off of that into everything that's happening with Johnny Depp, like Johnny Depp has also had quite a past of abuse and choosing narcissistic people to enter his life that are going to control him. Is that his fault? I mean, to some degree, yes, to some degree, no, but I think that being aware is the first step in being able to start to kind of avoid these patterns in the future. So another person that I want to talk about, and just in terms of the way that they carry themselves and everything, it would have to be Tom Holland. So Tom Holland is not not the biggest dude. He's kind of a little awkward. He's obviously attractive, and he's also Spider-Man. So he does have a lot of really great things going for him, and he's got this relationship with Zendaya that I think has... As kind of their roles in the relationship aren't as traditionally masculine and feminine as some people would like for them to be. I do think that their relationship works really well for Gen Z, though. And I think that it's a great example of what we can expect and want from relationships ourselves. At least if everything that we're getting is true and not just smoke and mirrors. But from what I gather from the two of them, there is some things that we can learn going forward and looking for relationships for ourselves. So at least to me, it seems like Tom Holland is pretty confident in who he is as a person. And Zendaya is also very confident in who she is as a person. And she has some masculine qualities where he would have feminine qualities. And I think that one of the things that we need to understand is that that's okay and that that creates some sort of balance in a relationship still like we don't need the the maximum feminine energy and the max masculine energy like i feel like a lot of people i've seen in my own life like male friends kind of feel like is necessary for relationship dynamics and i think that that goes into like kind of like past ways of viewing things but you know a lot of us have all come from failed marriages from our parents and everything like that so like the ways that people have been doing things aren't exactly right and I do think that we are at an opportunity now where if people become more emotionally aware that we can finally do things right so you know once again going back to Zendaya and Tom Holland like it really does seem like they balance each other out really well there's a picture where Zendaya has her arm wrapped around Tom Holland and that picture got clowned by a lot of people saying like you know he's like the woman in the relationship and the feminine one but like I feel like there's a lot of guys out there that would really like for their girl to put the put their arm around them you know and if they could just be vulnerable and accept that as opposed to feel like a bitch or something along those lines like I do think that that's very positive so those are the things that I've kind of gathered recently from Zendaya and Tom Holland that I really like about their relationship I mean obviously he gets to be Spider-Man so at the end of the day he's undoubtedly a badass too and then of course one of the other massive relationships that we could look at that's in the public eye right now would be Kanye West and Kim Kardashian so this was kind of like the last straw for me with Kanye because like obviously I've always liked his music but he's kind of taken us on a journey through believing his bullshit's good for so long and there's just a lot of extremely narcissistic qualities in Kanye West I mean obviously he's had a past full of trauma too I mean you know losing his mom was really hard for him and everything like that but I mean you know Anakin just didn't want to lose Padme I mean and that's ultimately him trying to control situations is what led to him becoming Darth Vader and switching to the dark side and killing kids and all the younglings and everything 
everything. So like, you know, it's not, it, we're not inherently bad. It's just the kind of ways that we go about making our choices. And Kanye West at this point in time is just an extreme narcissist. And, you know, finding out about things like him buying the house on the same street as Kim Kardashian is definitely the type of thing that like in my past, like my dad would have done. And I know how crazy it could be when you're dealing with somebody that's off the hinges like that and kind of wondering what their next move is going to be and them just being invasive and being there regardless of if you don't want them and kind of becoming like a parasite type of energy in your life and everything and like I know that that's got to be what Kim Kardashian's feeling right now and she's definitely not somebody that I would typically feel any sort of empathy towards but I do know that she's got four fucking kids and I definitely can see how that would be affecting them. Pete Davidson also isn't my favorite. I talked about this a little bit in the MGK podcast but I do like Pete Davidson at the same time. There's a lot of things about him like for example uh, him getting the tattoo of I guess all of Kim's kids on him is kind of like a fucking funny troll when you really think about it but also a little childish I don't know it's it kind of goes both ways but at the same time like the way that he's chosen relationships with people that are in all of these very tough situations and that they're coming out of kind of makes me think like maybe he's not ready for the real relationship where he wants to settle down and I think that's something that a lot of us do I mean, I've definitely found myself in positions in the past where maybe I didn't feel like I was worthy of a good relationship, so I would just choose people that I knew I couldn't have any kind of real future with and that the relationship was only going to last a little bit of time. And it just wasn't something that, that really had an opportunity to, to grow into anything bigger than what it was at that exact time. And I think that Pete Davidson's kind of been doing that with a lot of his relationship choices. And, you know, he's a celebrity and everything. And, you know, wanting monogamy in a situation like that, I do feel is a little bit different because you kind of have to be selfish a lot of the time so maybe that could be part of his reasoning and choosing that obviously his growing up was he had a very close relationship with his mother and his father passed away in 9-11 so you could obviously see where like some kind of disattachment to other people would come in losing your father so young in your life so I mean could definitely play into why he does that But something that I feel like Pete Davidson is at least on the right track with, that MGK is definitely on the right track with, that a lot of these younger Gen Z stars are really on track with is, you know, like accepting who they are and not really, at least to some degree, kind of getting rid of that perception that you have to be a certain way for people to like you and instead really liking themselves and accepting the choices of who they want to be as a person. Like, for example, Harry Styles wears a dress. Like, you know, it's really just being in touch with who you are and being able to say fuck you if you have any problem with it. And I think that the younger kids are really kind of getting that and that they should kind of stick with that. You know, when you listen to old emo songs, it's all about, you know, hurting yourself, this, this and that. And I think we need to kind of get away from that and get more into the realm of being able to just be comfortable with who it is that we are that I feel like Youngblood's been able to embody that pretty well. I mean, obviously, there's still the self-harm and all that kind of stuff in there. But like, I think that Machine Gun Kelly is definitely up front in being able to say that he is who he is. And he doesn't really put on like a fake persona for anybody, which is one of the reasons over the years I've kind of felt differently about Drake. So I'm going to get into that a little bit. So obviously, you know, Drake has kind of been a little sketchy, like, I mean, you know, but he's always also been perceived as the good guy. And I feel like it's like a little bit disingenuine. Like there's something more to Drake that we don't really get. Like we've seen how butthurt he's gotten over like Rihanna and like, you know, Drake's never really been able to settle down. I mean, obviously he's one of the biggest pop stars in the world, but there's that sleaziness to him as well. Like, you know, him texting with Millie Bobby Brown and everything like that before she turned 18. I mean, like we've seen Drake kind of like grooming these younger girls. And I mean, when you see somebody doing something like that, I mean, like obviously we've all kind of seen this in our lives. Like when a girl who's 18 is dating somebody who's like in their thirties or something. And you kind of get that idea, like that dude's got to be lacking something 
to want that in the first place. Like the, the mental in terms of what they've seen in their lives and everything is so different. So, you know, you kind of got to wonder what's going on with Drake. Like, you know, he says all these things that sound so cool in his songs, but he also has like so many toxic traits that he talks about when it comes towards women that really makes it seem like why he hasn't been able to, you know, be able to hold anybody down or anything along those lines, if that's even what he wants. And I feel like it is, at least to some degree. All right, so I am actually going to keep this episode short. Let's see if people are interested in this content because I would love to do more episodes like this talking about these type of things, but I would rather do deep dives on individual people than really kind of just like pick and choose around and kind of talk about what we can learn from certain situations. And I mean, like, I feel like from where I'm at in my life, like one of the biggest things that I'm trying to learn how to do is I kind of figure out my own stuff uh, is not to judge other people to the extent of saying that they're bad or they're wrong, like I keep saying, and more so just trying to figure out where they're at and what they can do to kind of change the behaviors that they're having to kind of get into a more positive more positive spot I mean I've kind of found all of my own things that I've been doing and been able to kind of correct it and I'm pretty happy with the situation that I'm in now I mean I would love to be able to talk more about my own shit if anybody's interested in that at some at some point as well but I really want to see how this podcast does and of course you can follow me on Instagram at Zach Attacks Podcast and you know once I put this episode up I'm also going to be making an Instagram post and just comment under what you think and we could see if we should do more episodes like this in the future. This has been another episode of Zach Attacks. Thank you for listening, and I'll be back soon with another episode.